Welcome to the Fort Bend Harris Retired Educators Podcast Series. The Texas Retired Teachers Association is the largest association in the nation for retired teachers with a legacy of active involvement in the well-being of their communities. At the heart of the Texas Gulf Coast in TRTA's District 4 is the Fort Bend and Harris County TRTA unit, an engaging group of retired teachers and employees fostering lifetime friendships and experience the joy of giving back to students, staff, and faculty in our community. We've got uh, two wonderful speakers today. Our first speaker is Kathy Renfro, and she's with our Fort Bend County Office of Homeland Security. And Kathy's brought also Angel with her, and they have a lot of wonderful goodies up here. So after we hear from Kathy, and uh, then Adam's gonna come up and speak a few minutes, then we're gonna take a break for a few minutes, and then you can come up and get the freebies, okay? So at this time, Kathy Renfro. Thank you, everyone. So good to be here. I really, really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you. We are now, myself and Angel are with the Office of, Emer of, excuse me, of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, so our title is a little bigger. But we do, what we do is we reach out to the community with information about emergency preparedness. And what better time than right in the heart of hurricane season? for us to be here. Um, basically, a lot of people say, well, what is emergency management? And um, no, I don't drive ambulances. <laughs> but what we do is it's efforts by the federal, state, and local governments, volunteer organizations, and individuals and communities, organizations just like you, to help our, our excuse me, to help our community prepare for, respond to, recover from and mitigate future disasters. So that's a big job in a lot of ways. Thank God I don't do all those. But what we do <laughs> is we do help by getting information out. So to get started, we're going to have, Ray is going to, Ray and um, his buddy are going to go ahead and play this video. Just keep in mind that this video is called Are You Ready? And this, all these videos on this, um, is on this, yes, that Angel has right here. These are all about Houston. And if you take those, there are four main videos. Or one is, uh, as you see, Are You Ready? The second one is Superheroes, that's for kids. Uh, the ne next one is Together Against the Weather for people with functional and access needs and how they need to be prepared and how this can help give them ideas about what to do right now to be prepared. Then we have Make the Call about Terrorism and the Run, Hide, Fight. Have, has any of you, have any of you seen Run, Hide, Fight? It is a five-minute video. It is worth watching for awareness about what to do in an active shooter situation, God forbid. So please, please take, take one of these videos. Um, it, we do have alternate languages on there too as well. It's in Spanish, Vietnamese, and Chinese on the same, on the same um, video package. So if you don't mind, Ray, if you can turn that on and we'll get this show on the road. Houston and the surrounding region. This is a land of opportunity and can-do spirit. 
Our region is the kind of place where big ideas typically become larger than life realities. Throw any challenge our way and we meet it head on. But are we really ready for anything? He ran back into the house to save us, but we were already outside. If only we had agreed on a plan ahead of time, he might still be alive. The water rose so fast. We were so scared. The Houston region is home to more than six million people, with the majority living about 40 feet above sea level in a major hurricane landing zone. Since 1851, more than 60 hurricanes have struck the Texas Gulf Coast, nearly one-third of them making landfall as a Category 3 or greater. And the Galveston hurricane of 1900 still ranks as the deadliest storm in U.S. history, killing more than 8,000 people. More recently, Hurricane Ike devastated the Gulf Coast in 2008 along a path very similar to that of the Galveston hurricane. While Ike's death toll was relatively small, the property damage totaled about $32 billion, making Ike the third costliest Atlantic hurricane in U.S. history. Even when the hurricane season misses us, we run the risk of being engulfed by violent storms, tornadoes, or devastating flooding. No one who lived here in 2001 is likely to forget Tropical Storm Allison, which remains the costliest tropical storm in U.S. history, causing more than $5 billion worth of damage to the Houston region. Our disaster threats don't stop with destructive weather. Houston is known as the energy capital of the world, a great honor, but one that makes us vulnerable to chemical spills, plant explosions, and other industrial accidents. Vast numbers of pipelines extend in all directions of the region, carrying flammable fluids under our neighborhoods. And hazardous cargo barrels down our freeways every day, around the clock. In addition, more than 50 million passengers are served by our three airport system every year. And we run one of the nation's busiest international shipping ports. Our major corporations produce trillions of dollars in annual sales. We are one of the nation's largest centers for world trade. Our size and concentration of industry makes us a prime target for terrorist attacks, just like any other major U.S. city. After 9-11, I realized Houston could be a target too. We were in a tall Houston downtown building, and I remember evacuating that day. It seemed like a bad dream. How could this be happening? On American soil, 9-11 opened everyone's eyes to the fact Houston is in danger too. No one likes to think about disasters, but they can happen here just like in every other part of the world. The question is, are you prepared to survive them? Your best chance for safety and survival from any disaster 
is for you and your family to be ready long before a disaster ever hits. And the best way to be prepared is to do these three steps. Make a plan. Build a kit. Stay informed. Doing these three steps can help save your life and the lives of others. But remember, disaster can strike at any moment. So you should take these three steps right now, beginning with making a plan. A good disaster preparedness plan gets you ready for just about anything, from an unexpected explosion to an event that you can see coming for days in advance, such as a hurricane. A plan helps to organize what is absolutely essential to the well-being, safety, and survival of your loved ones, pets, and yourself in the event of an emergency. When every individual and family has a good plan in place, it allows our various government agencies to successfully put their disaster plans into action for the region as a whole. These organizations are well coordinated with each other and have planned and trained for all types of disasters. Response and recovery efforts can be slowed down when citizens are not prepared. When everyone has a plan, everyone is safer. It's important that your plan has a way to account for everyone in your family, wherever they are. In case your home is affected by the disaster, designate a meeting place away from home where your family will automatically gather. A park, a neighbor's yard, anywhere that is easy to get to and easy to remember. Also, choose a backup location farther away, even in another town, in case the devastation in our area is widespread. It's possible that cell phone service won't be working, and phone lines could be down or overloaded during a disaster, keeping you from making contact. But having a designated meeting location is something everyone can rely on. I couldn't get to the school to pick up my daughter. I couldn't get through on the landlines, and my cell phone was dead. It was a horrible feeling not being able to reach my family. When planning, write a list of all important phone numbers you might need, such as your hospital and your children's schools. Your phone list should also include one out-of-town contact person that everyone in your family should be instructed to check in with in case of emergency. Houston 911, do you need the police to And remember, the calling 911 is the best way to summon the authorities if you need help. If you have kids in school, you shouldn't rush to pick them up. Schools are required to have a disaster response plan in place and parent interference can disrupt it. Spend some time now learning the details of your school's preparation plans and specifically how to communicate during a disaster. Then, in the heat of the event, there will be no questions about what actions you should take. Many of us spend most of our day at work, so you should plan for this as well. Every commercial building is required to have a fire escape plan, but does it go any farther than that? Find out if your company is ready for disasters and what it plans to do to protect its employees. If a plan doesn't exist, urge your company to create one. If you can't get to your house, or if it is destroyed, the first priority is to take care of yourself and your family. But you also need to account for your home, your belongings, and your identity. 
It's a good idea to make a packet of vital documents and a video recording of all your home's contents and store it with your family's designated out-of-town contact for possible insurance purposes later. Some members of our community will need special assistance during an emergency. If you don't have access to transportation and you are not a part of your family's or neighbor's readiness plan, then you should pre-register for transportation assistance. All you have to do is dial 211, and you should do it today. 211, how may I help you? By registering now, if an evacuation order is issued for your area, emergency management personnel will contact you to schedule your transportation. If you wait until disaster strikes, it will likely be too late to get special help. Making a plan is the critical first step in disaster readiness. There are many resources available online to help you determine what your plan should include. These can be found at www.readyhoustontx.gov. Putting a plan in place gives you clarity and peace of mind. But to be truly ready, you'll need supplies. The next step in disaster preparedness is to build a disaster kit. You should gather enough water and non-perishable packaged and canned food to last three to seven days. You will need one gallon of water per person per day. Beyond food and water, several other items should be in your kit, including medications, toiletries, a manual can opener, bug repellent, sunscreen, radio, flashlight, batteries, and extra clothes. You should build a kit for every person in your family. You also need to build a kit for every pet which should include their food and water, medications, pet carrier, leash, a recent photo, and immunization records in case the pet needs to gain access to a shelter. Keep your disaster kits in an easily accessible place in your home and make sure all family members know where it is. Of course, you may not be home when a disaster hits, so it's also important to have a portable disaster kit to help you be prepared for anything, no matter where you are. You need to pack kits for your car and workplace so you're ready at all times. In many cases, such as a chemical emergency, you may be instructed to shelter in place. You need to be ready to protect yourself inside your dwelling, not just a kit for going, but a kit for staying. In addition to ample water and food, your home kit should include duct tape and plastic sheeting for making your home airtight fluorescent lanterns, flashlights, batteries, portable radio, and a regular phone with a cord long enough to reach a safe room. Finally, your kit isn't complete if it isn't up to date. Set a time every six months to rotate fresh food, water, and medications into your supplies. A good way to remember is to do this when daylight savings time begins and ends. You can find many more details online at www.readyhoustontx.gov about what should go into your kit. You'll also find planning tools, checklists, contact numbers, and links to other government agencies throughout the region. Authorities in your area already have a plan in place for an emergency, but the success of their plan depends on you. Knowing what to do and what not to do can make a huge difference so it's important that you stay informed. Your best source for information during a disaster will be News Radio 740, KTRH 740 AM.
This is the Houston area's primary emergency alert station. In the event of an emergency, listen and wait for authorities to give specific instructions on what to do. Following these instructions will be the best course of action you can possibly take. During a disaster, emergency response personnel have a lot to deal with in a short time. They can do their jobs much more effectively if emergency channels and roadways are clear. You can help by staying in your home and only calling 911 if you have an immediate emergency. As we saw with Hurricane Rita, evacuating an area this large and populated is extremely difficult without a coordinated and cooperative effort from all citizens. If an evacuation is ordered, do not make assumptions or take unrecommended actions. We're going to talk about an evacuation around... In the case of hurricanes, you can find out right now if you are in a storm surge evacuation zone and learn the appropriate routes and procedures for your area. Your main goal is staying informed and understanding the risks you and your family face in every situation. I can't say enough about having a plan. It gave me peace of mind just knowing that we were ready. Having our supply kit ready made a huge difference. The work we have done ahead of time has made my family safer. Make a plan. Build a kit. Stay informed. And we're so excited that Adam uh, contacted us, and he's, uh, this is Adam Yates, and he's with Fort Bend Hope, and they're located in Rosenberg, and so he's going to take a few minutes to explain some volunteer opportunities. Well, first of all, thank you uh, for that. Uh, just curious, show of hands, how many of y'all have heard of Fort Bend Hope? That's roughly three more than I expected. And I'm, uh, I, I'm new to this position. I started uh, actually four weeks ago today, and I'll tell you that story in a minute. But one of the first things I've realized as I've gotten into it is uh, we're really kind of the best kept secret out there. And just people don't know about us. Uh, and that's one of the parts of my jobs that I'm going to enjoy is kind of uh, uh, spreading the gospel of it, if you will. Uh, a couple things before we get started. First of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and speak to y'all. I've got to say I'm really, uh, I'm in awe by how many uh, of y'all there are. I've got to say, I, honestly, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't. But I've got to say it says something about your profession and something about y'all that y'all can get this many of retired educators together on a regular basis uh, my guess is you don't see a lot of former businessmen groups or something like that. It shows something about your passion for what you do, and that's to be um, commended. Number two, whoever was responsible for the music beforehand, as a child of the 80s, let me just say that three is a magic number from Schoolhouse Rocks. You absolutely, kudos to that. That was awesome. So I love that. <laughs> And lastly, I've got to say, uh, I have six-year-old twins, boy, girl, they're in the first grade. Uh, and I always had a, uh, a real appreciation of teachers, more than anything, because a lot of my close friends growing up uh, were child of teachers. So I was over at their house a lot, so I had a different view of teachers. They weren't teachers, they were my friends' parents and everything. But I had a real appreciation for them and what they did. 
now that I have six-year-old kids and I got teachers to send them off to every day, you people do yeoman's work. That's all I got to say. I'm incredibly impressed, especially you can put up with my son Atticus all day. Uh, he's a great kid and everything, but uh, he's your typical high-energy boy. So, Well, uh, I'll tell you all real quick about Fort Bend Hope. We are, uh, we're located in Rosenberg. And we are a nonprofit that we, uh, we don't do toy drives. We don't do clothing drives. We don't do food drives. And we say those are all vitally important. But there's a lot of agencies out there and groups that do that, and they do that well. All we do is education. <clears throat> and, um, and, and all the stuff we do, we do not charge. So to give you an idea, um, we do after-school mentoring and tutoring on Monday through Thursday afternoon um, from 3 to 5. We also do classes in the evening where we do, like, uh, we do ESL classes, so English is second language. We do citizenship classes. If you're familiar with the Rosenberg area, it's a very Hispanic community. So, uh, so ESL and citizenship are very big. We, uh, we've done computer literacy. I'm looking to get us started doing financial literacy. Just really basic skills that are, uh, that are needed. Um, as far as why I'm here, well, a, you know, A is to tell you all about it, B to say you know, we can really use the help of volunteers, uh, and y'all obviously have the skill set, which is right in our wheelhouse. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and why I am so passionate, though, about what we do at Fort Bend Hope. As I said, I started this position four weeks ago. Before this, I worked at Lamar Advertising, uh, their national billboard company. I was the director of corporate real estate, so I had a higher up corporate position. I'd been there 17 years. And I loved it. I genuinely loved that company. They were well run, very, very large company, but the majority of it is still owned by one family and they treat it like a family owned business. And they, they really take care of people. When the Great Recession happened, there weren't mass layoffs or anything. It was, I mean, it's really everybody pulling together. But, and honestly, I, I could have seen myself retiring there, but God had different plans. And he had been pulling on my heart for a while, and when I say a while, for a few years, saying, you know, hey, Adam, I want you to do something that you can impact your fellow man. Now, honestly, I was living in such a way that I was expecting, now, I, I, I wouldn't have admitted it at this time, but I was almost expecting, or I was living, that I was expecting someone was going to show up at the door with a silver platter and an envelope on it says, hi, I'm from God, here's a job. <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, which is why it took me a few years to screw up the courage to leave. Now, people say, oh, wow, you, you left your job, no prospects, nothing lined up. Oh, how faithful. I say, if I was that faithful, I would have done it long ago. Just remember, God loves all his children, even the hard-headed and slow ones like me, so that's okay. But I did it, and within a span of two weeks, and keep in mind, when I left as of May 31st, I did not know Fort Bend Hope existed. I was like the vast majority of you who did not put your hand up. Did not know it existed. What I did, though, or within two weeks, though, I'd found out about it and been offered the job. And just goes to show, actually, uh, my family uh, and I, we are members here at Sugarland First. And uh, the way it came about was I told Dina, uh, who's over Children's, I told her the day before Bible school started, said, hey, I'll be able to volunteer with Bible school. I thought I might be doing something part-time, ended up falling through. 
And she said, great, you can work with your, uh, your kids' age. I said, fine, didn't think much about it. She came back later and said, do you drive a bus? Or can you drive a bus? I said, well, what do you mean? Do you mean a bus? Are we talking a bus? What exactly are we talking? And she said, no, 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 it's a, a church van, holds 24, 28 people, not a big yellow school bus. I said, okay, that I can do. The big yellow school bus, that's another, it's a whole other kettle of fish, but I can do that. So what they do, they send uh, the fifth graders off for vacation Bible school three or four days off campus to go to various uh, uh, nonprofits in the area. One of them is uh, the East Fort Bend Human Needs Ministry. They send them out to Rainbow Room in Rosenberg. And anyway, so I was driving them. And as I was out there at the Rainbow Room, I was talking to uh, Tanya, who's over that particular nonprofit. And I, uh, being a person who enjoys talking, was just kind of telling her my story, why I'd left Lamar, all that. And she said, well, I just got this uh, text or the, this email today that Fort Bend Hope is looking for a new director. I said, really? That's awesome. And she, she, uh, she showed it to me. I said, that's great. She said, well, just forward it to us. I forwarded it from her phone to mine. And I sent, that was on a Wednesday. I sent my resume in that night. By the next Monday night, they had offered me the position. And I ended up starting it in August simply because I was already keeping the kids for the summer. Honestly, it was one of those types of things. My kids are six. I was going to have an opportunity to keep them for a summer. It was the type of thing that would never come around again. I really didn't want to give that up, and they were willing to let me have it. Let me say I have never been so excited for school to start back in my life. Uh, they absolutely wore me out. It was good, but they, they wore me out. So anyway, it, it just goes to show how quickly God can work on things like that. And I, I do tell people, if you're, ever, if you're ever looking for a job, go volunteer at Vacation Bible School. Because I did it once, and I got full-time work out of it. So as far as I'm, they're highly correlated in my book. So just keep that in mind. Um, why Fort Bend Hope, though? Why exactly? I, I wasn't just looking for a job. I wasn't in a position where I had to have a job. Um, my wife and I thought this was going to be a long process, and we budgeted for it. We were okay with that. So I didn't just jump at the first thing that came along, though this was the first thing. It wasn't that. It's the fact that it's education. And why that's so important to me, I'm going to share a uh, kind of a personal story. My paternal grandfather, my papa, met my mama in a cotton field in Oklahoma picking cotton by hand. They were not sharecroppers. Sharecroppers had money. They were migrant workers. This was 1930s Oklahoma Dust Bowl. You probably know what book they would fit right into. This is Grapes Wrath. This is what they were. They even tried at one point to go to, uh, I was actually talking to my mom today. She said, did you ever hear the story when they tried to go to California? I said, no. They, uh, they, they left my aunt at home uh, or with a neighbor or some family or something. And they, they tried to get to Oklahoma, made it as far as West Texas or East Arizona. When the car broke down, they said it must not be meant to be, got it fixed and went back. So my, uh, my papa had a second grade education. That was it. Memo, not much more. Uh, my maternal grandfather and gra grandmother, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. Fast forward, because uh, my grandfather was uh, very mechanically inclined and smart man, just no formal education, and he kind of scraped some money together and ended up uh, getting a mechanic shop and saved some money. And he always, uh, he talked about education for my dad. 
and my mom and dad both graduated high school, though my dad said he would have never graduated high school till they put that round ball in his hand and told him, if you want to bounce this ball and shoot this ball at the goal, you're going to finish high school. And he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Mom and dad finished high school, and then they went to college, lasted half a semester, and said, this, this ain't for us. And they went back home and had absolutely nothing but borrowed money and got a farm. And my dad still farms to this day. I talked to mom. We're getting close to the end of another year. I said, is dad going to retire? She said, I have no idea. He doesn't know what, he's, what else he would do. It's so linked to that. But um, he complains about it during the year, then he doesn't stop. But that's a, that's a whole other issue. But anyway, uh, so they did that. And then growing up, uh, it, it was, I mean, it was a lot of hard work because this was a family farm. I tell people there are no child labor laws when it comes to working on a family farm. We worked, uh, me and my siblings, we worked like, I calculated one time, it was not uncommon for us to work 70, 80 hour weeks in the summertime, uh, and that's not working Sundays. We didn't work Sundays. So that gives you an idea. I loved school starting back. School was great. School was air conditioned. Uh, school had normal hours. School was awesome. <laughs> so, but uh, education was always, always beaten into us. Uh, stress, I shouldn't say beaten, it's the wrong term, but just so, so stressed to us. Me and my siblings are not just the first in our family to graduate college, we all have graduate degrees. My brother uh, is a psychology professor with a PhD at the University of South Alabama in Mobile. My sister uh, works for IBM in a consulting type of role. And I, like I said, was in corporate America and everything before I got pulled into this. If you want to know why I'm so passionate about what we do and why I so believe in education, it's because education in two generations from migrant workers, grapes of wrath, to what we are now, education can change the arc of a family's life. It changed the arc of our life. So first of all, to all of y'all out there, never had any of y'all, but I'm thanking y'all in proxy for the teachers that I did have, thank you, because y'all allowed this story to happen. I'm not saying it to brag or anything, because frankly, it's not an unusual story in America. We see that. Education can change the arc of someone's life, and that's what Fort Bend Hope is trying to do. We are, um, the kids come in in the afternoon, we give them, uh, or, you know, we, we give them a snack, we let them decompress for 10, 15 minutes, then our mentors slash tutors say, hey, where's your homework? Show us. They get the homework out, and we, we work with them. We tell them, look, they sit in the daycare. We're not here for you just to play. We're here to mentor and tutor. When they get done with that, we have them read books. We've got some computers they can get on and play educational games. So that's what we do. That's why I love what we do. I've got some more information about it back there if any of you would like to volunteer. Don't feel, you know, if you're like, oh, you know, I think I might be able to only do it one day a week or occasionally. That's fine. That's fine. These kids just need people who love them and will pour themselves into them. And I, I've told other people, we'll take what you can give. And uh, once again, thank you so much for letting me speak today. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I am, uh, like I said, I'm absolutely all on the size of y'all's group. This is amazing. Thank you, Adam. TRTA gives back to our community, families, and students by supporting the East Fort Bend Human Needs Ministry, the Children's Book Project, 
Passionate Volunteer Teamwork by the Fort Bend and Harris County Retired Teachers. Before we go, here's a quick reminder. The Texas Retired Teachers Association meets on the second Thursday of the month at Sugarland United Methodist Church. The Texas Retired Teachers Association are active, involved retired educators who encourage the economic, intellectual, social, and physical well-being of our members, promote educational excellence by providing books for children, encourage volunteer opportunities, and support legislation favorable to retired and active school personnel. Be sure and share this podcast on your social media feed. Tell your friends, fellow teachers, about TRTA. To find out more, go to trta.org. Thanks for listening. This is our